0: politics with Trevor Dan on Cambridge 105 Radio.
1: Hello, welcome to November's Cams Politics. I'm Trevor Dan. Today's show's mostly dedicated to an interview with the mayor of Cambridgeshire and Peterborough, Dr. Nick Johnson. You'll hear his own assessment of his time in office, the latest on the county's bus problems, and we'll dig a bit deeper than most local journalism into Dr Nick's philosophy and why he's proud to call himself a socialist. But first, of course, our analyst and commentator Phil Rogers is here. And Phil, this week we have a real election to discuss.
0: Yes, we do. Yes, there's been a by-election in Longstanton for South Cambridgeshire District Council and quite an interesting one too.
1: Well, after the count, Matt Webb grabbed a word with Tom Bygott. He came second in the poll and therefore won a seat for the Conservatives. It was originally two former Liberal Democrat seats that were up for election. He won one of them off the Lib Dems. Matt asked him what he thought had been the big issue.
2: The most uh, important thing people have been talking about is the congestion charge. The congestion charge is not popular. And if something really important needs to come out of this is that the congestion charge proposal needs to be scrapped. People do not want to pay £5 a day to go into Cambridge. There are lots of people who have jobs that mean they need to drive around Cambridge, lots of poorer people who are going to be much harder hit. And if we want to solve public transport, there are other things we need to do first. We need to do things that benefit people, like having better public transport... And only when we have much better public transport than we have should we be punishing people for not using that public transport. In terms of North Stow itself, there are very few community facilities at the moment. What do you pledge to do to try and get things moving, especially a community building for, for community group? That's a big issue at the moment. Absolutely. The District Council needs to be a lot tougher on the developers. We need to collectively say that if you build a new town, you have to provide shops, doctor surgeries dentists, community centres, all the regular things you'd expect to have in a town. The district council needs to say to the developers, you can't keep building houses unless you start building these services. There doesn't seem to be much of a protest vote against the Conservatives for you to actually have snatched a seat from the Democrats. Well, I think there were so many important local issues going on that you have to prioritise those local issues... If electing your councillors is going to have a, a, an effect on them. So, for example, one of the really important other issues was the issue of the groundwater in Longstanton. A lot of people are very, very angry about the fact that the um, ponds have all been drying up in the summer and they want an answer to that and they want the district council to do something to make sure that whatever's been done to our environment is fixed.
1: So, Phil, I don't think a lot of us saw that coming, did we?
2: A Tory win? I think the Tories are going to be really
0: pleased with that. If you look back at the local elections in May, there were pretty towering Lib Dem majorities in that ward. They were getting about three times the votes of the Conservatives. But now this time it was real nip and tuck. There were just 12 votes in it at the top and uh, 32 between second place and third place and quite a trail of people behind that. But the Conservatives are right back in contention. And that's uh, very different from where they were in May. And you said
1: in your tweet that you thought the congestion charge was election kryptonite. Um, How do you think the Lib Dems and indeed the Labour Party are going to be feeling about this?
0: Well, there's kind of mixed messages. The Conservatives are very much stressing that uh, the congestion charge is, is quite a big issue on the doorstep. Some of the other parties are saying, well, there were other issues in contention. And that's certainly true. But it's got to be said, the big thing that's changed since May is the congestion charge proposals coming forward. And, and certainly, I do think that's having quite an effect. And particularly given the national picture, I think the Conservatives will be very happy with this result.
1: Just to stick with the congestion charge for a second, do you think it's fair to oppose it on the grounds that the rest of public services aren't in place? Because doesn't the suggestion that's come from the County Council and the Greater Cambridge Partnership, doesn't it actually say that they will wait until the buses are up to speed, as it were, before they would introduce this congestion charge?
0: Well, everybody wants the carrot and nobody wants the stick. (laughs) But yes, the plan is that the new bus services and the reduced bus fares would start coming in in the next few years, and the congestion charge would only follow in about 2027-28. But nevertheless, I think the wave of reaction that we've seen in the city and the surrounding area to the prospect of having to pay £5 a day to drive in in the city has really been pretty strong. And I think this is going to be a big political issue for years to come.
1: All right, Phil Rogers, thank you for now. We'll go off and uh, listen to our interview with Dr Nick Johnson after this, which of course is topical because it mentions some politicians. That's the Beatles, of course, with Mr. Wilson and Mr. Heath and Taxman. Now, Dr. Nick Johnson is a very different politician from those rather formal gentlemen from the 1960s. He's a genial and approachable man, as befits a working doctor. As you'll hear, he retains strong elements of his northeast accent and is proud of his membership of what he's always careful to call the Labour and Cooperative Party. Nick invited me to his home just across the border in Huntingdonshire to discuss his first year and a half as Mayor of Cambridgeshire and Peterborough. It was in May 2021 that he defeated the Conservative incumbent James Palmer and took the job with transferred votes from Liberal Democrat supporters. And by the way, that system won't apply next time. You'll hear what he thinks about that in a minute. But first, Dr Nick's reactions to taking office as Mayor. Politics on Cambridge 105 Radio. There's a famous story, isn't there, of the Conservative government arriving in power in 2010 and finding a note from the outgoing Labour Party saying the money's yeah. all gone. Can you paint me a picture of what it was like when you took over, when you walked into what had been James Palmer's office, or maybe it wasn't even his office, but even oh, into God. his world? What did you find there? Was it what you expected?
3: Gosh, uh, I, that's, a, that's a brilliant question, because I haven't been asked that one before. Um, first of all, I didn't even know where the office was. So I, got, I actually found out on a Saturday, and although I was approached on the Saturday said, you know, you've made it, you're the mayor, uh, and there were representatives of the organisation there at the time, I didn't actually get in to the, until the Wednesday, because I still had medical commitments that I just really couldn't walk away from. And I remember saying, well, I don't know where the office is. Um, it, as it happened at the time, the, the combined authority had a, had a sort of two office situation where they had the mayoral office, which was based in Ely, and they had previously been based in alcanby but those offices had been closed down. It was very, very strange to have this sort of almost palatial area. You know, I, I've, I've been hot desking for years. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd never had such kind of, opportunity so there was there's some formalities that I had to go was through. was there
1: a team of civil servants to sort of <laughs> clap you in
3: uh no there, there wasn't there was I think there was bemused I had they had some good people who were there to welcome me and there are pictures out there in terms of Joe at the time and and and, and um, but it was a it was very challenging and, and when I remember sitting back at one point going quite feeling quite sort of isolated and in fact actually if I look back over the year people say well you know how do you feel and i've I've grown up for the last 30 odd years in my professional life as a doctor being kind of surrounded by the family of the nhs and i've moved from job to job i've made friendships that have lasted a lifetime but there's always been people around me and a sense of common purpose and then suddenly to find yourself as this sort of figure within an organization to a point where people say well no you're the mayor i can't even talk to you it was. I found that quite isolating.
1: And I guess the other thing, Nick, is that you couldn't hit the ground running because you'd never done that job before. You didn't know what to do. And, of course, some of your opponents, your staunchest critics would say you were not ready for that job and it took you a long while to get up to speed. There's
3: certainly been critics and, and, and I'm sure they would continue to... i you know, I'd rightly show that that's democracy. If you were to say to be a mayor and to land in the office straight away and to, to know exactly what to do, you've, you've had to have had years of years of practice in local government. That's not the case for me. I'd, I'd done three years in a sort of opposition role, and, and be, be it also sort of low down the pecking order at Huntington District Council. I had had a, a committee experience working around planning, so I knew how to challenge the narrative with regard to some of those uh, problems, particularly in the Shire area. I mean, the biggest thing was also, being absolutely honest, the combined authority was had its challenges and it still does because it's come together over a quite a short period of time. And when you look at the kind of narrative about what the Cambridge and Peterborough combined authority is, and compare it to Greater London or Greater Manchester, you know, these it were, hasn't got its no, established no, got, protocols, no, no. has and, it? And you know, the the idea, you know, p- forcing. If that's the right phrase but you know it, the decision to go to devolution was one that was made by other people before my time but local leaders council leaders decided it was for the benefit of cambridge and Peter. I, I still believe very much that is the case i'm very much an advocate about kind of local decision making getting the best out of money that's raised centrally and then devolved to the local area but the governance and the challenges of establishing a way of working be it between the officers of the constituent organisations or indeed more challenging maybe between the politicians of the member organisations that had already been on record as being a challenge but then suddenly you're confronted by a labour and cooperative mayor sitting at the at the helm when you've got a more and obviously that my election also coincided with the revolution that is the, you know, no overall control of Cambridgeshire County Council, it, 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 it's, I, I absolutely, well, I would say this, wouldn't I, believe that's been to the benefit of political representation for all of us in Cambridgeshire. There's more, there's more political debate. It's not the kind of blue wash that people often have thought about in the past. And if you then look at how things have progressed... Over the last eighteen months, and particularly look at the enlightenment that's arrived in Huntingdonshire, with again a no overall control um, organisation. Now, I, I'm a Labour politician. It would be perhaps unusual to hear me talk about another party, but it's to the benefit of all of us that there's now a Green councillor sitting as a cabinet member at Huntingdon District Council. Okay. So these things are
1: good. I understand that, and I'll, I do want to come on and talk to you about some of the problems that mm-hmm. you've had with your opponents. Uh-huh. But let's just go back a little while. When you looked around the room in the early days, there was Nigel Pauley, who was your mate. Yeah. And then he left.
3: Yeah.
1: How did you feel when he told you, I'm sorry, Nick, I can't do this anymore? His, Nigel's
3: reasons for leaving, he's, he's made them clear, you know, and they are, were based He said that
1: this. they were personal
3: reasons, but yeah. forgive okay. me, Nick,
1: people usually do say that, don't they? And sometimes
3: people do have personal reasons. So you haven't them, had
1: any issues to working together?
3: Uh, well, we, you know, you always enjoy working <laughs> with people and some days you have good days and bad days. But no, no Nigel has left. Uh, he's not somebody who I speak to regularly anymore, but he's somebody who is still, you know, somebody who I'm in contact with. He, like myself, had had some experience in terms of local government and had been a, a very effective campaign manager, uh, in terms of successfully helping me get elected. He was certainly somebody who, in the early days when I was in the Combined Authority, was was there to offer advice. But his time came to an end and, you know, he wanted to move on and I think he did it for all the right reasons. It's
1: even one of your staunchest supporters, I think he wouldn't mind me saying this, John Elworthy, the journalist, who's now freelance, of course, he says that you really missed Nigel and that you had a period of losing, you know, your great lieutenant?
3: I, I think there's more of an issue that the way that the organisation developed in the time, and some of that, you know, obviously I have to take responsibility for my actions as well, but um, is that there was a period where the 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 institution of the mayoral office um, was no longer supported within the combined authority. And bit by bit, I was in a situation where people obviously nigel had come into the organization as a as a sort of advisor but the the advisor role was unclear and it was difficult for for him to work within that environment and then we also have this sort of situation where um you know i just need you know the support of interns and and good executive assistants all of and i had great people there was good people around me but circumstances developed over the course of time and uh, i then as people left and then weren't replaced i became more and more isolated and i was increasingly doing more and more of a, a, a role which was extended That's,
1: so what kind of a difference has it made having lewis herbert with you the former head of the city council in cambridge very well known to a lot of our listeners yeah,
3: Lewis Herb, I mean, recently won awards, you know, sort of at the national level, recognising kind of his expertise at how he has um, steered Cambridge City through challenging times. But, But, you know, and he, having kind of stepped back a little bit from a leadership role, he still has huge amounts of experience. So having somebody who was in my inverted commas, sort of most challenging times, was able to then come forward. Um, Can you a, give a me um,
1: an example that somebody listening might understand of how that help and support manifests itself? I know that's uh, kind uh, of difficult, but, you know, when, when you hear about politicians there's a, talking, they often talk about support and these kind of rather nebulous things. You know, I'd like I, I, to know, do you ring easy. him up? Do you no, ring no, no, him no, up no, and yeah, say, Lewis, no, 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 what you no, think no, about WhatsApp, You
3: have WhatsApp groups, you have kind of... Uh, look, I, I'm, I, you know, politician or not. You know, sometimes you need a friend. That's it. Uh, and Nigel was a friend, you know, but because he had to move on, he moved away. And, then, and when you lose a, you know, somebody who you've been supportive, who's given you advice, and not just about politics you know, has helped you kind of understand problems around <laughs> your, your day-to-day life and what you're going to get for your dinner, you know, these things. But, no, um, and, and, you know, I've I'm, I'm, I'm always been magnanimous, you know. Friendship has also come from within the Combined Authority Board, also provided by Lucy Nestinger, leader of the county council. Friendship's also there from Bridget Smith. And and it's been a real pleasure to have Sarah Conboy come on board um You know, from the hunting side. I I, I won't ignore that. and, And believe it or not, my conservative colleagues, they can be friendly as well.
1: I was going to ask you about working as it were, across the aisle. Yeah. So it's not something in British politics that we do much. No. You're absolutely at the centre of this. See, you are, as you say, a Labour and Cooperative yeah. uh, party member and you're working very closely with Lib Dems who mm-hmm. have stood up and said some pretty rude things about you and your party in the you know, not-too-distant past, uh-huh. as you have about them. How easy is it to put that to one side and say, right, let's talk about whether it's buses well, or schools or whatever it is and, and, and let's all try and be on the same I'm page? I'm
3: going to rewind, Trevor, because I'm going to challenge you. I think you'd find it very hard to find where I've ever been rude about anybody. <laughs> and I, you know, and, and I I'm take so, it back. I'm, I'm sure
1: but you know what I'm it. saying? In the no, heat no, of campaigning, no, people do say things about the opposition because they want the I, voter to vote for, in your case, you, not them.
3: As I say, go back to all my campaign literature, one of the things you will always see, you'll never see me refer to uh, a Tory. I think Tory is quite an aggressive tone. It's often associated with other adjectives. And so I'll always talk about conservatives. And it's one of those things. I think it's about how you treat other people is how you would expect to be treated back. And that also should be true in politics. So I will challenge people.
1: And that does work then when you're all sitting around a cabinet table that you are deferential with one another and you're... No,
3: I, I think, no, I think, I think some, sometimes the way I want to kind of pr- present you know, the argument and, and to do it without confrontation, without the, this standard political knockabout, it frustrates people. Because I, I think, well, what's the point?
1: people don't like it i mean they well people some people everything. some
3: people some people like it but so, you know i'm 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 acutely aware that people the stuff that gets written about me and the things that i get you know i have been accused of believe you me there are times i look at my twitter feed or whatever i'm thinking that's awful and and you know and i have plenty of friends and people who say this is not on they they they're doing things and i said they're the person who's got the problem if they behave like that then that's their problem. You know, I, you know I'm, I'm sorry. I, one of the things, go back to what I said to you before. Compassion, cooperation, community. If I start behaving like every other Tom, Dick and Harry in politics, then I'm just like everybody else. And then, and then I will be given that accusation. You're just like everyone else.
1: This is Cambridge 105 Radio. It's CAM's Politics for November. I'm Trevor Dan, and we're talking to Dr Nick Johnson, the mayor, and we'll have more with him after this. Mama! That's new from Bruce Springsteen on Cambridge 105 Radio. Let's get back to our interview with Dr Nick Johnson, the Mayor of Cambridgeshire and Peterborough on CAMS Politics. So, Dr Nick Johnson, you were talking about the behaviour, the attitude, the toxicity of some of your opponents and what is said about you on Twitter. I'm not going to sit here and dignify them by reading out things, but I could do, Mm -hmm. and they are pretty nasty. Mm -hmm. Um, Why? Is there so much hatred? Do you think? What have you well, ever well, done well, to them?
3: <laughs> You'd have to ask them. <laughs> you know, I, I don't understand that narrative. I don't. You know, for me, negative behaviour—you you, refer to it as toxic behaviour—I I think it actually makes people sad. Yeah, you know, I think it makes them. I think it does more damage to them. In the tongue, if you carry away such negative energy, so I'm sometimes some sort of spiritualist here, but no, it's negative energy. It, you but the know,
1: thing that surprised me is you're a doctor, you're one of nature's good guys. No, there's some awful doctors, but, but what is it that they ha- how can they possibly bring themselves to hate you with the vitriol that they do? I, I honestly,
3: Trevor, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's, it's maybe it's frustration at having previously been in situations or of uh i mean people talk about in life you know take back control you know there's a there's a political slogan <laughs> and when people feel they lose control of a narrative and they they no longer have the, uh, the, the 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 levers of power and control people get upset i mean i've seen you know i've the thing i've always said and with some very good advice once given to me i've referred to it before It says when you're out in public as a politician don't talk like the politician talk like you're a doctor because that's what people wanted you to be so if i you know when people come to you as a doctor and you know they can be frankly very rude they can be very challenging and, and but you know what often there's a reason for it they're scared they're, they're kind of worried and you, know, and, you know, you're meant to have broad shoulders, you know, and it, it doesn't... Please don't get me wrong that, you know, uh, I think it's acceptable to be rude and abusive or whatever. But I think it's too easy to blame people for bad behaviour. We should, should say... Listen, we, listen that, more, listen more. Compassion.
1: This is mainly to do with the north of your area. I mean, you don't get this kind of abuse from South Cams as far as I can see, but there's a, there are a bunch of people who, who don't like but you. that's in, democracy.
3: They have every right they, to do it. They do.
1: But how would you feel about me describing them as being entitled?
3: Um, it's a phrase you could use. I, I mean, I, I have thrown around, I've got the three Cs, you know, is it entitled, elitist, you know, you know you know, agrarious, I don't know, you know, sort of a, But no, that's for you today. I, I don't... I, I I find a lot more comfort by by ignoring it.
1: But now, look, it is upsetting. I mean, you, when you looked at me and told me about the stuff on Twitter, you know, you, you're a human being. That's not very nice, is it? I could see that you get upset by that. And we do live, Nick, in an awful time where, you know, MPs get attacked. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you, yeah, yeah. Do you feel safe when you... You, there's all this... Vitri- I mean, vitriol becomes violence quite quickly. Oh, I, I,
3: I mean, within the time that I've been mayor, we've obviously had the example of, of, of David... David Amos. David Amos. Amos Amos being killed, and I have spoken about that. And I remember, you know, we, we, we did a little bit of review about... Because, yeah, you know, there, there are... You do get occasional letters, you know, sort of poison pen type things, and, you know... And, you know but, again, I... I, I, I just... It, it's it's sort of it just just knocks off me you know i i i'm, I'm not silly
1: it's good I'm to hear silly. that i'm not silly. But, you know people do suffer from that kind of abuse yeah, yeah. and there are there are mental health issues you don't need me to tell you you're you know. a doctor you know getting that kind of stuff you know plopping in your inbox or on your on your front I, door mouth it's look, not good I've, I've often used the phrase
3: is that there is nothing that people can say to me in the political world that is comes anywhere close to the kind of stuff that I've had to deal with in my training as a doctor? Right. I've had people scream at me, threaten violence at me. I've been hit. You know all of those things. None of which is acceptable in terms of. And it could have. And it ha- happens a lot more to the front. You know, your paramedics, your nurses, everything. And it happens to probation it Happens to prison officers. It happens to public servants, Dana. And it's not right but there's something about working within an NHS or the prison service, I think, or, or, you know, with, as, a, as a nurse on the front line in A&E. You've got the people around you. You have that thing about public service. You work with people and they look after you. It goes back to that thing about compassion. It, 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 compassion deals with it, you know, just caring. I'm, I, look, I, I don't have a, a sort of driving thing. I just know what's the right way to behave.
1: OK, let's go back to politics in a minute, yeah. but okay. I just want to explore a little bit an issue that's been raised because of issues of your salary and expenses what's your working week now nick you're you're still a you know a child doctor you're a pediatrician how do you split your week in terms of hospital and politics
3: so what's my working week how many seven times twenty four? What's that? Uh, that's uh, uh, 168. 168. Well, I work I'm a, I'm a mayor 160 hours. With a prob <laughs> when, when apart from the sort of about four hours when I sit doing uh, the children's uh, outpatient work where I you know I focus on my task. But you know, I would say I'm a full time mayor. It just within it I will make sure that I do I, I it's my happy place. It's where I go to be
1: and you'd miss it wouldn't you
3: oh, I, I, it's absolutely essential that I do it simply because it's a reality check to life you know it's a you know it's a kind of going back I mean I, I, I get a lot of uh, positive feedback by being in an environment which is supportive as opposed to maybe more adversarial but the, the main thing is is that you know you, you mean you meet the public again, and it's very it's strange because obviously, as a politician, you meet the public a lot. I love it, you know. In fact, that's the part of the job I probably love the most, what the, the opportunities I've had and the people I've met around the communities of Cambridge and Peterborough. But there's a there's a very different dynamic when you're a politician meeting the public, not one I'm always very comfortable with, because I always want to break down those barriers. I, again and maybe it's different as a, as a pediatrician as a children's doctor you start from a position you're there to look after a child you know and and, and a child doesn't doesn't matter that you call a doctor or a mayor they you know they've they, they, those things aren't important and so you've got to you've got to get to the right level it's all about the equality of the, the that kind of dynamic between you and, and and the person that you're there to serve
1: and, i've interviewed a couple of local ex-MPs recently, Heidi Allen and Julian Huppert, and both of them have said that the surprise is how much office work there is to be done in these jobs, how much administration, how much simply reading of documents. I wonder if actually that's not the fun side of being a mayor, if there is a fun side, and whether that kind of at some point ever gets you down you know the big box the big briefcase full of papers
3: um no you you, you're right there's a sort of if you're going to do your job you should know your brief and and keeping on top of your brief can be a challenge at time but you know i'm I'm somebody who i used to go through medical textbooks and i would have to sit down thousands of pages and and i'd still i'd read them and read them i still not you know know the minutiae of how the certain disease presented and all the treatments, and you know that 's why you always would be referring back to i mean I say books nowadays you'd, you'd probably do it all on the internet but um, I, I know i 've got a thirst for knowledge so I mean and, and that 's the one thing I mean you know, uh, the things that you get to see and then you know i 've done so much for instance in the doing the job about the local farming community and the challenges of managing the peat you know and then understanding Kind of different face visits to the mosques of Peterborough, you know, and and then only this week visiting, you know, the rename of the bridge in, in, in Cambridge, <laughs> you know, and learning about historical connections with how uh, both in Wisbeach as well, Peckover House and all these places where people have, you know, been part of the abolition of st- the slave trade. I mean, it's very easy when you think about Cambridgeshire. You think about the obvious historical things of King's College Chapel and you know, and Ely Cathedral, and and I believe you may have visited them, and I've enjoyed my uh, my, uh, my the, the kind of additional sort of understanding and getting to some of the the backs of them. Well,
1: uh, this may be the, the the point at which to ask you really whether Peterborough and Cambridgeshire, whichever way around you care to put it, is actually a manageable area because yeah. it's got one of the coolest cities in the world mm-hmm. and it's got an east midlands industrial center and it's got a load of farmland and Wiz beach and what have you how difficult has it been to find stuff that everyone in that big area has in common
3: <laughs> well if people you know do the homework they'll remember that in the campaign to to become mayor, i i thrown up into the area you know you throw all sorts of ideas around i said well wouldn't it be better to have a sense of we're all in this together again that sounds a bit of a that's the frog chorus yeah, 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 isn't yeah. It? And, and i talked about this concept of the greater cambridge Shire area i have to say that went down a lead like a <laughs> lead balloon and it will not be brought out again in the near future and i do you know you, you listen to people saying and then and some of that was undoubtedly was from people within peterborough feeling that well, that would negate their their city in some ways it was too easily forgotten about and and then of course there was a, combination of, you know, the very strong identity for those in the Fenland area. But in answer to your question, you, you, you said <laughs> what brings everybody together? Buses. Cool. Ah, well, buses. 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 It's on oh, my know. list, Nick. No, no. Buses. <laughs> you know, I um, I think it's it's been really telling over, the, for those who obviously listen to your show and for those who take an interest in any of the local politics. Well, actually, it's, buses aren't local politics. They're, they're, they're a frontline service. And it was, I think it's certainly in the time I've being the Mayor and and the Combined Authority, I can't think of any issue, anything that has sort of brought interaction within... The, the, the local communities across the whole area. I think, Nick, it's you know, the
1: biggest issue that's made people understand what you do. Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah, no, no. So, the, the, so I mean, they may all now think that the mayor can <laughs> suddenly install a bus stop and we can change the route to make sure it includes a small village out in the very extensive uh, the Fenland area and make sure that you can improve the regularity. And if it doesn't turn up for the park and ride, it's all your fault. You, you know what? I mean, I would say going forward, for those on the lookout, for anything i'm particularly saying about this issue is that, that my i say my team the team of the combined authority and how they have been able to respond to the challenge of that kind of uh, removal or the you know the decision by stagecoach a private operator to stop that kind of provision of service with very limited amount of time for us to go and it was a challenge to us and when they said well what are you going to do about it? i said well i'm going to I'm going to ask the population what do you want or indeed what do other local operators want and the 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 the, the what we call the, the the not the franchising process but the tendering process I would argue is it's been It's not perfect, believe you me, and and we're still. You didn't have long to do it, did you? We didn't have. You know, we've got. We had five weeks to kind of deal with an awful lot of challenges. People getting to school, college, work opportunities, and people are still having challenges. I'm I'm not. I'm not. This is not fixed completely. But that was over five weeks, and the man in, in terms of sorting out out of eight. I it was 23 routes, and we did literally 22 and a half to a point where people are no longer in, in the same levels of isolation, and uh, you know, be it rural isolation, social isolation, employment isolation. We've now bought ourselves some time, and it was also cheaper than we had actually put aside. So there's a you know cost saving. Uh, uh, but we need to kind of look in the longer term about the sustainability of the bus network. And that means then working with colleagues within county council, working within the Greater Cambridge Partnership, and you know, and how do we look at the bigger picture? The one thing that has come out in spades is how if you lose that final service, that if you leave lose that connection through public transport, national, I mean, it it, it, it will it's so divisive, and people have, are ready to stand up. I mean, you could put the history of why we've got a bus service like we have to, you know, decades of neglect, and that's neglect from central governments of all colours. You know, it's it's it, you know it happened with deregulation in the 1980s, but I'm well aware that in the 90s and you know, early 2000s of the Labour government, we didn't sort of put back enough into that, that aspect of public transport. But sitting here as a, as a mayor and, and sort of the leader of the Combined Authority, and I... Now, hopefully working with all constituent uh, members, it's something we're going to move towards. And, and eventually, you know, there's these models, be it, you know, we talk about franchising, but that has to be all proven.
1: So how do you feel about the reaction to the consultation? The, are we talking
3: about the LTC uh, yes. the consultation?
1: Well, yes, and and road pricing and all that kind of stuff, which is... I mean, it's not literally part of the same strategy, but it's it's all connected, isn't it? It's all about how we get around and how the roads work. Yeah, yeah, fine. You know, and a lot of people on on the right, you know, including Anthony Brown MP and others, have said this is outrageous, you know, charging people to go through the city. Mm-hmm. Where where do you stand on that at the moment? I know you're waiting uh, for well, the consultation, yeah, I, I, but... I, I, unfortunately,
3: I, I know there's a 101, you know, answers I could give to this. Anything like that. I think in terms of i credit to the the gcp they're putting it out there I think they're trying to be active in trying to get, get a narrative i think you, you've obviously highlighted that one of the the thing that drawn most attention the idea of the you know, stZ you know the you know sustainable transport tra- travel, zone. Zone, <laughs> travel zone uh you know obviously that's now being referred to as a sort of congestion zone. but 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 it's often not said in the context of Four five years of huge investment in a mm. bus network. So, just to that be works. clear,
1: you're not supporting that proposal. I have to go, I, look. The, you the have point to. Is,
3: be- I, there's nothing. I, I'm. I'm. I, I actually see it as a non-voting member on the board of the GCP. So, I there's no way I should be making any public. So, if a, Lisa about a comes
1: to you and says, "Nick, have a word," uh, who, with go, who with who go public on this and say you support it? You can't do that.
3: I. I've already said i've encouraged people to get involved in the consultation i think i think people can make judgments and talk about i think there is a narrative there that i'm very pro bus but make of that what you will we have to go we have to have a proper consultation where people get an opportunity do you really want five years of meaningful investment in buses And, and if it then comes at a cost of, you know, at a later stage when you've reassigned the priorities of the roads. I'm not anti-car. I'm certainly not anti-car. I've got one myself. You know, (laughs) know, know, when you also consider in the kind of bigger picture here about trying to enhance the environment of the city network uh, and, and, you know, the opportunities for active travel, cycling, walking... It has to be taken in as a whole. So I know I'm not gonna give an answer to this is what I think you said. It's ultimately, you have to have a consultation. Then you look at all of those responses.
1: Dr. Nick Johnson is our guest on CAMS Politics for November, 2022. I'm Trevor Down and this is Taylor Swift. I- Taylor Swift from her new LP. Dr Nick Johnson is still with me. I know you haven't got very much longer, but I did want to ask you briefly about your investment zones. Oh,
3: right. Okay, fine. Now,
1: what does that actually mean? If I live in one, is that good news?
3: You know what? I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> I, right. I know. Well, I, I don't know the answer to that because in, in an absolute truthfulness we um and we're talking i think we'll be interested historically how we will refer to the trust era you know you know <laughs> as, because it was very much driven by that kind of push to come to the country and i mean obviously we know it's absolutely fatal in terms of our economy and how we, we, we're living on the you know regrets <laughs> of what went before but um the idea about investment zone was something that was put forward by you know Truss and Kwasi Kwarteng. Um, the, the only thing that we have had involvement in is that because as a combined authority, we were asked to corral and put any areas forward. Uh, and, and it was a case of we sort of asked of the local constituent members of the combined authority, do you have any specific areas that you think would benefit from that? And well, and when you talk about the benefit, you know, this is this, this idea that well would you then bring in investment, which sounds like a good thing. But, but would the, it
1: just take investment away from
3: somewhere else? Well, that's the immediate <laughs> kind of, you know, investment within your area or investment you know across different regions. And, and of course, the other thing is that the, the idea was, you know, would it come at the cost of the way that you would maybe um, have rules and regulations? And, you know, I'm a socialist. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a labour and cooperative guy. You know, would they suddenly say, well, if you work in this investment area... Be anywhere around cambridge Peter, but sort of working conditions or you wouldn't actually necessarily you know the european working time directive i know we don't have it anymore but you know there were, you, there were, you could somehow get rid of workers rights you know or indeed the thing that often came up was would you be released from kind of implications around some of the standards around food safety yeah. or you know now I, I i'm sure somebody from the the opposition would probably come say, well, no, no, we're a, we wouldn't ever consider taking away the red tape. But I, but I do worry about that. There, there was an awful lot of stuff that we have within our tried and tested kind of rules and regulations that are there for... People talk about this thing about health and safety gone mad. Hold on. health. You, you look at a building site nowadays and you see these guys strapping blokes, maybe women as well, but they're in luminous jackets, They've got the hats on. And I've done a fair number of visits, you know, luminous jackets, and, and I see grown men shouting at each other, going, put your, bl-, sorry, excuse me, <laughs> put your BB <laughs> hat on, you know. And and the reason is, 30, 40 years ago, people would work on those, and didn't, they didn't want to do it. Well, oh, I don't want to wear a hat. I don't want to wear, you know, a luminous jacket before that, you know, lorry reverses into me and crush me. People died. And that's why people make these things. Now, you know, people forget about, it. and that's you know the whole thing about the union movement. And the, uh, people have to make changes to the way they live their lives sometimes. And and I worry. So I'm going off onto a very different. Well, subject, I'm going to
1: bring you back, if I may, because um, you just said a very good line for the trail for this show, which is, I'm a socialist. <laughs> right. Okay. Right.
3: Well, I'm, you know, I'm a democratic socialist. You are. I, you you know.
1: are a socialist. How do you feel about the way your party has gone? Nationally, it would appear to be more electable according to the opinion polls. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it, has it gone Blair right? Has it gone soft left? How do you feel about the drift?
3: I, I'm just Labour you know I mean I, I look let's be clear about it I I stood um for election in in general elections of 2017 on on, on you know and or took 2015 as well with Ed you know and then it was uh, Jeremy Jarvis, <laughs> you've forgotten them no, already I forgot I just said, you know, <laughs> you know Ed, Ed Miliband Jeremy you know uh, Corbyn uh, and then you know I've, I've kind of Keir Starmer and I've I've often, people say about when you get involved in politics, they said there comes a point where you just have to kind of nail your colours to the mast. And I, you know, I was always, you know, Labour, you know, but there's something about kind of nailing your colours to a mast to a party or indeed the cooperative party as well. And you have a sort of sense, it's like following a football team. Sometimes your managers come and go and you don't always agree with the tactics, but you're still, you're still in your castle united, you know, <laughs> and, and that's important to me. So. If you look at the kind of narrative of what it says when you get your card from the Labour Party, you know, democratic socialism. Now, different people will say, I know what democratic socialism... I know what my form of democratic socialism...
1: It's three Cs, compassion, cooperation,
3: community.
1: Final thing, then. You may not get elected next time because they've changed the rules. They
3: have changed the rules.
1: So you're going to have to win an outright majority to stay as mayor if you choose to stand. I'm not asking you whether you're going to choose to stand or not. But what's the effect of that on... Your thoughts about being what in America would be called a one-term president? Oh gosh! So you're saying I'm an underdog, am I? I'm not saying anything, Nick. Um, but it's going to be hard, isn't it? Oh yeah, you know, look, it will be because gonna... you got through because so... the Liberal Democrats uh, 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 and and your votes were joined together. The Tories have never so forgiven got, you for that.
3: I got through because I got a majority of votes. <laughs>
1: because of, that's what the system allowed yeah. you and, and to I do. and I say it's But it's not going to happen it's, again, so...
3: It was, a, it was a form of enlightened democracy, which when I looked at it, and going back to, you mentioned him earlier in the day, you know, was, uh, with, with regard to Nigel, when you look at campaigning, and I have campaigned, as I've said at the time, you know, I said, oh, this is amazing, how you get success. People, you know, if you do your homework, I've lost a lot of elections. <laughs> I've, I've lost more elections than I've ever won elections. But the one thing you learn often in defeat is how to do the job better. So you're, you're not
1: thinking of yourself as a lame duck mayor? Oh, not at all.
3: No, 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 no. So you you will
1: go into it then? I just yeah, yeah, I said no, I'm no, not no, going to ask you this, no, but no. here I am asking you. No, no, you. no. It's it's you'll stand again. Yes, you're stand confident. Again. I, I well, you're, you're here for the long
3: term, Nick. Why not, three terms? <laughs> why not three terms? No, look, I think I, I think it's I think it's a, it's a sadness that that enlightened form of democracy has been taken away from the mayoral elections. Indeed, I think also the police and crime commissions. I think it mm-hmm. has. My arrival, and it could have been anyone, but you know coinciding with changes at the county council, I think has absolutely in terms of helped change the sort of political landscape of this area, and I think it 's changed it for the better it 's made it more democratic uh, and I think you, I would like to think you 've got more engagement from young and old involves of local politics, people taking an interest in it no i, I don 't I don't see myself as, as a lame duck. I, I'll i 'll tell you this. I'm going nowhere. There, there, there are. I have a few things, you know. There are many challenges still to come, even before the end of this year. I, I know coming down the line, there's some big things that happen to me on a sort of personal level, but also in on a political level. And um, I would suggest that having managed to get this far and having to put up with what I've put up with, and no doubt will, because it's a democracy, will continue to put up with. It, I'm still here. Dr Nick Johnson, the Mayor,
1: thank you very much for talking to Cambridge 105 Radio and giving us so much of your time and, if, if I may say so, being so candid. <laughs> uh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Across the city and South Cambridgeshire. Cambridge 105 Radio. It's Cam's Politics for November 2022. I'm Trevor Down. Phil Rogers, our analyst, is still here. Phil, what did you make of Dr. Nick Johnson? I have to say, I thought he was more bullish, more confident than uh, I'd expected him to be after all the criticism that he's been on the end of.
0: Yes, he's certainly had a pretty tough time of it, and, and uh, certainly in the in the first year he was in a a pretty difficult situation politically. And it has to be said, a, a certain amount of that I think you've got to say is of his own making. But since the May elections, he's in a much more favourable situation. In terms of working with the other councils locally, we've seen the uh, dramatic change of control at the county council. We, we've also seen Huntingdonshire go to NOC, and that means that the combined assembly members, in, in terms of the other councils, are much more sort of favorably disposed towards a Labour mayor than, than they were before. So I think we are starting to see more action coming through, particularly the recent sort of rescue of the bus services, which was put together fairly quickly. You know, it's not perfect. But it's a it's a pretty good achievement to uh, replace those services, which otherwise would have left a lot of people high and dry. So we're kind of a a year and a half through a through a four year term. So there's there's quite a way to the next elections. But really, the looming cloud on the horizon is the fact that the elections are going back to first past the post, which means it's very likely that it'll be the conservatives to lose next time. And and they're very much the favour favourites to to win the mayoralty. And um, he didn't seem. Si- he
1: didn't seem to take it like that, though, did he? He was pretty confident that. Um, I think, in a sense, he was saying, "Look, I I, I can win because uh, I'm good at this and people like
0: me." Well, I think you'll always find the incumbent saying that sort of thing. But really, without some sort of understanding between the non-conservative parties, it's it's very difficult to see how uh, it's not going to be a Conservative topping the ballot next time. Well, he's certainly not
1: going to get a job on BBC Radio Cambridgeshire because there aren't going to be very many, are there?
0: No, that's really tough news for uh, local BBC. And, uh, you know, we, we've seen the, the regional broadcasting going to Norwich and, and leaving Cambridge. And uh, we're now seeing... Quite substantial cuts to local BBC programmes, which I I think is going to be a real shame for uh, for a lot of people.
1: I noticed that uh, Nick Johnson and Daniel Zeichner uh, have written to um, the BBC saying that Cambridgeshire has been very badly treated. There is talk that what the BBC will do here is a bit like it did with BBC Six Music, that it'll threaten something and then use that as an excuse to pull back. But it's a shame because, you know, we need more media, don't we? We need more reportage, you know, to hold people to account.
0: Absolutely. And Cambridge is very much the growth centre of the region. And, you know, there's lots of development going on, lots to talk about. And it seems a real shame that uh, broadcasting is moving away. Well, at least we're still
1: here, Phil. And I hope you'll join me again for the December edition of CAMS Politics, which will be... Let me see, on the 4th of December, Sunday the 4th. Uh, in the meantime, thanks for joining me today. Thanks very much for having me. And we'll go out with this.
2: Yesterday, well, it seems so cool when I walked you home.
1: Everywhere.